This is Gartner's CFO Podcast. Welcome to the Gartner CFO Podcast. I'm Nina Moreno, and I'm joined with my co-host, Marco Horbot. And today, we have Judy Romano, Executive Partner for CFOs at Gartner, who is going to share how CFOs have been tracking with their 2023 initiatives so far and key considerations they need to keep in mind to finish the year strong. Welcome, Judy. Thank you, Nina. Excited to be here. We're so happy to have you here, Judy. So just to set some context for what we're going to be digging into today with you, um, Mark and I, you know, we're recently looking at that calendar, and I think both of us were a bit shocked when it hit us that we are in July of 2023. I honestly started to sweat a bit, asking myself, like, what have I even accomplished so far this year? Have I been making progress on what I set out to do on January 1? And I think this like light bulb moment um, occurred to the both of us that we should have a podcast on this very topic because I bet many CFOs that have that calendar year end are finding themselves in a very similar mindset and position. So really this episode, our, our goal today we want to accomplish with you is just offering a bit of that temperature chat. Again, like having us really pause and reflect before tackling the rest of the year. And again, this is why we are so thrilled that you, we managed to have you as our guest today, Judy given you know, your extensive past experience as a CFO yourself, but also in your current role, being that trusted partner to CFOs and really like helping them achieve their goals. So really excited. So, so you know, looking at that theme of reflection, you know, looking back at to the end of, of 2022 going into 2023, you know, if I look on the research side as to what people were thinking and what people were accessing, it seemed like at the end of the year, really Q4, beginning Q1, that there was a tremendous amount of emphasis on, you know, is there going to be an economic slowdown, people preparing for the recession? So we saw a lot of activity around cost optimization and that sort of thing. And over the first half of the year, at least from, you know, research demand side, what we've seen is a lot more interest in strategic, you know, org structure. What does your finance function look like? Digital transformation, those sort of things. So I'd love to get your take on that, Judy. Looking back at you know Q1, this sort of shift to strategy in Q2, is that you know is that a real shift in terms of the mindset of the CFO? Is that you know maybe recession fatigue because we've sort of been anticipating this recession for the last it seems like year, and we keep waiting it for it to hit? Or what, what's going on in the mind of the CFO based on sort of a Q2 review? So yes. Um- it's a great topic, uh, and uh, thinking about conversations I have had over the past six months with clients, cost optimization obviously comes to mind, but it's definitely not top of mind. Uh, so in previous roles as a CFO, cost optimization was something that we did all the time, right? So there's always opportunities right. for us to think about where are we investing, where should we investing more or less, how do we move uh, scarce uh, available funds. So that's what I have seen with clients. They realized that cutting, uh, you know, initiatives will only hurt them in the long run. So getting quick wins, it's maybe they might uh, taper their recruiting, the speed of backfilling roles or expanding uh, um, teams. But really, the, the focus has been on growth. How do they help the organization to grow? How do they bring valuable insights to the leaders, to the leaders of the organization so that they can make better, smarter decisions? 
So that has been really one of the key areas of focus that I have seen. So cost optimization is there and we are helping them. We are helping CFOs look look through different lenses, their cost base, and maybe find areas of opportunities for, for driving efficiencies. But it's it's not the sole focus. And that makes sense, right? Because, you know, having been a CFO, you always sort of have that cost op- optimization playbook that's always kind of running in the background, either, you know, low level or higher levels. And you're you're always looking to add to it, right? To adjust to that sort of, you know, playbook and, and different things you do around it. But what what about, you know, was there anything really disruptive in in in, in the first uh, half of the year that, that maybe forced... CFOs to think more strategically. What do you think the impact of technology like ChatGPT has had on CFO strategy and the way they're thinking about their organizations? So technology would be one definitely I would call out as a disruption. So so more and more CFOs come to realize that this is a that technology will continue to to play even a more important role in in the function, how we deliver uh, the work that we do. ChatGPT is part of it. But technology, as they think about not only how to solve today's problems, but how to set up the organization for the future. And that requires vision, change the culture, you know, help, help the organization come along on this journey and also find the skill set that is required for them to, to be able to deliver on their vision and their strategy. And technology like AI, now with softwares, you can buy readily available softwares that have AI embedded. So there are so many uh, uh, technologies that are available that will help those better decisions where the PN, you, you know, C, uh, finance is an L, we are a cost structure. But with, with using the technology like AI embedded softwares, we could help drive the top line, we could help impact the balance sheet, the cash flow. And that's where that's where we need to be helping the finance leaders to get the rest of the team to. So, do you think that CFOs, because a, you know, a lot of the talk around sort of this generative AI and technology in general, especially in the finance function, right, has always been about technology as a substitute for labor or time or something like that. It's always been looked at from almost like a, a cost optimization lens. Do you think that? that more and more CFOs are looking at technology as a, a way to fuel growth and a way to add value. Is, is there a shift in, in the mindset in the CFO in terms of sort of this tech-enabled growth as opposed to tech a tech-led cost optimization strategy? I, I think this is a fantastic question because when I talk to my clients and then they talk to their teams and we talk about RPA or any other technology, there is a fear in the team. The fear is exactly that, what you just said. It's about cost optimization. But what we also hear from the team that they are overworked, there's a lot of burnout, stress, uh, change fatigue, and, and technology is part of that solution. But it's very important how the leader delivers this message because it's an enabler. So you free up time for the staff to do more valuable work. But the staff who has been doing the work for you know, an extensive amount of time usually comes back and say, but I don't have the skills. What, what, what do you mean more valuable? So it creates a dynamic where it's very important how the leader strategically sets out the North Star, as I call it, 
where are they taking the organization, the role of technology, and how each individual could uh, could acquire new skills so that those skills could help them as well as the organization to drive value for 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 the company. Definitely, Judy. And I think what a lot you just described really resonated um, and is very timely with what we just kind of experienced in a North America conference at the end of May. You know, we had about, and you were there on site as well, yeah. but we had about, I think, like 2,000 finance executives were, and hundreds of, you know, those world-class CFOs that came together to learn not just from Gartner, but from each other, which is pretty powerful opportunity. I would actually love to hear a little bit more from you about, like, what were your biggest takeaways from that conference that you personally had? And then also, what was top of mind and really resonating among your clients and other CFOs attending? Anything surprise you? Um, and also, Marco, feel free to jump in after Judy, because I would love to hear your take as well. So yeah, so this was my first uh, conference. And uh, given, you know, because of COVID, uh, it, it, in-person events were far, uh, far few in between. So it was absolutely fantastic to see a couple of thousand CFOs come together from different sectors, different uh, uh, organizations of maturity and size, and um, and come to network, to to hear from each other, to participate in roundtable conversations, and also hear from Gartner experts. Um, some of the highlights, as I as I debriefed with my clients after the conference, I mean, obviously the networking opportunity was top. They, they networked with peers as well as many of them have brought their own teams. So it created for them an opportunity for team building and also the CFO sharing their vision for the future of the finance organization with their team members. I had a number of clients bringing their top leadership and talent even underneath to the conference so that they all could be hearing from the experts. They all could be sharing their impressions and understanding about the future of finances. So those two things were definitely top of mind. The third one, I think it was reassuring for CFOs to hear what, uh, how, other, how their peers are grappling with some of the challenges, for example, with talent shortages, with the skills gap, and how they think about technology. Uh, is, is, um, do they think strategically how technology plays in, their, in, in, in the future of the organization, or they are just looking at technology how do I solve today the problem that my my team has, but not with a roadmap uh, for the future? And um, they all had, I think, maybe one final point. The aha moment for a lot of them was AI, that in past conferences, AI was more a futuristic discussion. It will come. It might come in five years. They, and, and many of them left the conference realizing that it is here and they have to learn how to use and benefit from uh, using software that has AI embedded in it. Yeah, I, I would say that the team's angle is, is definitely spot on, Judy. I mean, from speaking to some of our clients that we had there, it seemed there was almost a multiplicative effect, right, if people brought their teams because one... You know, you can only be in one place at a time. So you can send team members to go to see sort of the role specific things that related to them. The other thing, it's it's a great way to just multiply your network. You know, one of the great things about being at a conference in person is getting to meet people and you can meet CFOs from different organizations and they can meet people from their peer group from you know even more organizations. And it's just this tremendous exponential growth in terms of your network. But I think the greatest thing about it, to your point, it's like Every time I just remember being a CFO, going to conferences like these, you always, you know, on the one hand, 
there's sort of this, you know, you feel good that everybody's a little bit behind somewhere, right? But not, do you also feel like, you know, you are certainly doing things better than everybody else. And, and the great thing about it is hearing people share sort of these best practices that, that cross industry and, and sort of, you know, cross organizational structures. Because a lot of times, you know, we hear it all the time. And I used to think this way too. It's like, you know, oh, my industry is different. And then my company within my industry is different. And that can be true in a lot of instances, but it's really interesting when you get people from like, let's say a software startup and a nonprofit organization and a manufacturing company, and they all have the same problem, right? And they're, and they're all kind of dealing it with different ways. And you can kind of borrow sort of best practices across industry to really find some novel solutions. No, I, I absolutely think you are correct. I mean, even during prior to the conference, I connected a lot of my CFO clients with each other based upon initiatives. So very, a couple of times, like you said, it's industry specific. Hey, you're working with two clients within the same industry. Can they, you know, can they network? Of course they can. But in reality, the problems that they are faced with, that the problems that they are solving are very similar no matter where they are. It, I, would, I would argue, is it private or public or uh, government, for-profit, non-for-profit? There are so such similarities, and hearing how they solve uh, the 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 problems, how they approach, how you know the lessons they learn, and openly sharing that that uh, that just you know it's a first first step in establishing a long term relationship that they could continue going back to. Yeah, because there's so much similarity. I mean, you're competing for the same talent, right? Oftentimes, you might be providing different services, but you're competing for the same customer. You know, the, the, it's interesting, all the overlap. So if what I would like to get your take on, so my big takeaway in terms of themes, right? It seemed like there was a tremendous amount of interest and effort around generative, AI, like generative AI and technology in general, right? To your point, we thought it was in the future, then all of a sudden it's here. It seems like people are trying to figure out, okay, at a minimum, what are the best use cases that I can have to add value right now? But then there's also a deeper question as to, you know, does this fundamentally change my operating model? You know, sort of given a lot of the constraints that are in the current system, you know, there's monetary constraints, there's there's financing constraints, there's talent constraints. You know, is this what do you what do you what are you hearing? What are you feeling, Judy? What, you know, are people looking at this from a, a use case perspective, or are people looking deep more deeply and, and fundamentally question? You know, should I be looking at my entire org structure and my operating model, and how do I prepare that for maybe an, an AI at its core future? This is, this is a great question. I, I have some clients, it, I have some clients who are definitely taking it use case by use case. I think most of them are still not at the point where they are thinking about how do I create uh, a strategy that might even impact my operating model. They are thinking about what are the problems that I have today and how can how can those problems be solved as a first great step to establish the impact of, that technology can have on, on the finance organization. So I'll give you an example, robotic process automation. So those are a lot of a lot of my clients are working through the use cases, implementing the first part, starting to see the results, working on their KPIs, how did they measure the success. So that buys an excitement within the team so they can introduce the next technology, right? So you don't go to the best, you know, a Ferrari when you haven't ever sent in a car. So that's like RPA is a great introduction because 
the leader has to establish that this is not about me cutting three hats. I don't have, you know, a target that I have to achieve. So they have to bear that in. Uh, the other uh, uh, case that comes with the technology, like I mentioned before, it's about the upskilling. The leader also has to follow through the the promise that there will be a path for the employees or the colleagues to learn new skills on the job training. What are those digital skills? Because otherwise, again, you will lose the best people will be picking up the skills, but the rest of the organization will be, you know, will continue using the old skills and will be left behind. So those uh, issues are being addressed or parallel. It's a swim lane that, you know, everything happens parallel. And eventually, once you start seeing the results of an RPA, the excitement comes and the introduction of AI could be one of the next steps. I have some clients who are who have acquired software that has AI embedded and there the key is to help the, the organ- have the finance team to understand it's actually AI you are working with. So that's an aha moment because, you know, you hear the software and you're like, yeah, yeah, we are doing that. We are doing collections with that. We are doing predictions, whatever. But you have to help them understand that that's actually an AI-enabled software you are using so that they would be, again, less afraid from the technology because that's where the failure comes in implementing these changes. The the staff doesn't um, embrace them. So AI is there. It's not... um, it's still it's still ways to go. Some of my clients are are really forced, you know, forthright thinking about it and understand the the power of it, and others are still watching from the sideline. But the conference, I think, left all of them now believing that it is here to stay, and it's here. It's not coming. Definitely. Um, and Judy, one other topic I want to kind of dig into with you is around like strategy setting and prioritization. So, like as a partner. One of the key tenets of your job, one of the key value drivers that you bring is to help CFOs do that very thing. How do you help kind of CFOs in setting their priorities and identify the right sequence of events? And then also, like, where do you see most CFOs like struggle when it comes to like this exercise to doing this well? With my clients, one of the first things we do is drive a finance vision, like the future of finance. And that's the North Star for me, right? Because that challenges first the CFO to understand where the function is going and what are the key, you know, is it data, it's people, it's technology, processes, the systems you use, all those attributes that will help you drive the function forward. So helping CFOs outline their finance vision is a first step that I do with them because the rest of the strategy that subsequent to the vision we will start breaking it down into what are the strategic initiatives, the ways for us to achieve that vision over a period of, you know, three, five, 10 years. And following the strategy, then what are the tactical steps and who on the teams are going to be responsible delivering those actions? Yeah. So I think that's one of the challenges as a CFO, right? Because a lot of us became CFOs because we were tremendously good tacticians. And when you have something that's disruptive, like generative AI or or other technology, things that we have never done before, that we are not great tacticians are, sometimes we feel like we have to catch up from a tactical level, and sometimes that gets in the way of the strategy. So what advice would you give to maybe, let's either either the seasoned CFO that's ever done this before, maybe the new CFO that is new to role, in terms of like knowing how tactical you should be 
how strategic you should be and, and really kind of maybe having that good ring around you of, of delegation ready generals to keep you strategic? Yes, I think it's it's a great question, Marco, because um, yes, it's the unknown, right? So so I have CFOs who are very seasoned CFOs and they have been there, done it, they, you know, but they realize what got them here will not get them there. And we always use this phrase because what that really means is the way you, you know, you have led the uh, the function the last twenty years were definitely not the way for the next twenty years, and and the right. best CFOs recognize that there is a time for them to pivot, and the power of our relationship, the Gartner relationship here, really is that they are able to be vulnerable, to tell, uh, to to share, hey, I don't know what emerging technologies are, I've never, you know, I'm a doubter myself. And I know it's here. How do I gain enough knowledge where I could be dangerous talking to my staff? You know, how could I lead from the front when I'm not even familiar with those uh, the technology that is impacting the function? But working right. with us, I have had a number of uh, uh, analyst calls where I connect the CFO with experts about emerging technologies. We talk about how you go from not knowing anything to you becoming uh, not an expert, but you 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 know enough that you could start sharing it with your team and get the early buy-in from your leaders and then get them on board, et cetera. And it's a journey that we we are able to help the CFOs to get on. So once they deliver on their vision, they are truly believing believing that that vision. Uh, for the finance function is theirs and they can lead it from the front. And they might start with absolutely not knowing anything about data analytics, about right. some of the cutting edge technology, but through months of you know working together and getting them that knowledge base and the confidence, they're able to deliver and then lead from the front. Right. Just the, the confidence to where you know you understand that you don't have to know every nut and bolt that goes in the machine, but you need to have a good understanding of how the machine works. And you know that's the value of people like you, Judy, how you help them stay at that strategic level. And so you don't need to know all those the little minutia things. You just need to know enough to be able to delegate it intelligently to make sure that you can hold people accountable to the organization. And, and sometimes, like you said, I, I have clients who are like, oh, it will not happen to us. No, they are so different. And that's where, I mean, I like to have a good conversation. So, you you know, my part of my role is also challenge and ask questions, right? And I'd rather the cage a little is maybe a little too strong, but it's just get them to think out of the box because right. we all are set in our ways. We have been at it. We know what makes us great. But then that unknown is out there and we are helping to get that unknown to be less uh, scary and risky for them. And that's the role. And I have seen... A lot of the CFOs come on this journey, and and I had I had somewhere I I saw the light bulb come on, and I was like, oh my god, I helped them a tidbit to get an understanding because then then it turn in turn once they got that light bulb moment, they were able to immediately uh, share it with their teams, and the excitement about using AI embedded software exploded because they were like, wow, we are actually in the top 30% or, you know, finance uh, 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 organizations are just dabbling and we are already implementing it in two areas. Right. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Judy. Final question before we let you go. First half of 2023 is over. People are looking for second half of 2023. You know, for those that have calendar and they're about to start their planning process, you know, what advice would you give them in terms of either planning for the second half of the year or as they start their plans for 2024, what are the things that you think should be top of mind for CFOs? So 
couple of things that come to mind. As I reflect on the first half or the last six months, I always think it's, it's always a good time to think about investment decisions, looking at the portfolio, understanding what has performed well, what is performing on the less than expected, and really looking at reprioritizing, if needed, investments, right? Because capacity is scarce and we have to be agile and quickly move investments as needed. So half a year is a good time or year-end or preparing for the budget. It's just as good of a time as any to review investments and reprioritize if needed, be brutal about prioritization. So that's the first one. The second is, is continue focusing on the role of technology and consider if, you, if, if CFOs haven't done yet, consider creating a technology roadmap. What is the future? What is the role of the technology for the next five years? And what are the milestones? What is the roadmap that will get the, the, the finance organization to achieve that, um, that vision? And third and final point is making sure that the team, the employees are coming on this journey. So it's the constant communications, helping them reassure them that this is not about the efficiencies, the cost cutting, but it's about elevating everybody. As technology is introduced, new skills are and new opportunities are created and everybody is elevated in this. The desire is not to leave anybody behind, but it has to be constantly reinforced so that the staff would be hearing it and could be participating, driving this change. Yeah. And if I could just like add to that real quick, just on that last point, you know, I think one of the things that gets lost in the planning process from CFOs is and I've been guilty of this in the past is let's not forget to, you know, plan for our own development, right? As part of that, because your organization is going through a tremendous amount of change and, you know, you need to be that, that cultural leader to, to, yeah. to you know, sort of lay out what that looks like. And a lot of that's going to require you to personally develop the CFO. So make sure you include your own personal development as part of that plan for 2024. So you can be the leader that you want to be and that your team needs you to be. That, that is absolutely spot on. And this is something, I mean, just this morning when I was with my client, I always focus on because we are doing, doing or thinking, thinking, but we don't spend enough time developing or focusing our own professional development. And we do have a couple like competency-based assessment tools that I recommend uh, my clients to use. These are focusing on competencies that are required for us to be successful in our roles but we don't spend enough time reflecting on our own personal development and then understanding what the gaps might be where we want to head. And that's what I spend a lot of time helping my clients to understand those gaps and help close those gaps so they could be even a better leader to their team as, as they have to drive through this change and be the innovative uh, thought leaders. Those are some great takeaways. Um, and thank you, Judy, so much for your time and expertise today. Really appreciate you having on this podcast. And we'll also make sure to, I think, link a couple of resources um, aligned to those takeaways that you mentioned around, you know, agile investment, decision making, change management, all those things. So thanks again. Yeah, thanks, Judy. I know we could probably talk all day on this. I appreciate you taking your time to talk about at least these hot button issues that CFOs are thinking about. Thank you for the opportunity, Marco and Nina. Thank you. Please subscribe and share the episode with your colleagues. Thank you for listening. Gartner Podcasts are a production of Gartner, the world's leading research and advisory company. 
equipping executives across the enterprise with indispensable insight, advice, and tools to achieve their mission-critical priorities. You can learn more at Gartner.com. All content in Gartner Podcasts is owned by Gartner and cannot be repurposed or reproduced without Gartner's consent. Gartner is an impartial, independent analyst of business and technology. This content should not be construed as a Gartner endorsement of any enterprise's product or services. All content provided by other speakers is expressly the views of those speakers and their organizations.